Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of April 16, 2020. Have you participated in one or more of the ACB community calls? They're on a wide variety of subjects, and there are two or three calls every day. Topics range from easy yoga to accessible games to sports to technology and much more. There's something different each week. Participate through the Zoom line and you can call from any landline phone, cell phone, or even from your computer. Some of the calls are streamed on ACB Radio Live event. Listen through the ACB Link app on your phone or on your Amazon device by asking the A-Lady to play ACB Radio Live. For more information about the calls, check out the ACB website at acb.org or call Cindy Van Winkle at 612-332-3242. But what if you miss that call you really want to hear? Some calls are replayed on special event channel on ACB Radio. You can't listen to special event through the Amazon devices, but you can listen from the phone by dialing the audio now number at 605-475-8130 and choosing 7 from the menu. Or you can listen through the ACB Link app on your iPhone. Today I discovered a replay of a Zoom call hosted by Cindy Van Winkle from last week. It was playing on special event and the people were sharing all kinds of accessible games for the iPhone. Check out Special Event and see what you discover. Here are some events that are coming up in the next two weeks. All events are conference calls. Start dialing and get in on the conversation. Here are some events that are coming up within the next two weeks. Here are some events that are coming up within the next two weeks. On April 19, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation Chapter will hold its regular monthly meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Zoom line. The number is 669-900-6833. ACB families will also meet on April 19. This will be a business meeting and the Number is 712-432-3900. The code is 796096. On April 20, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board meeting will be held at 8 p.m. on the Zoom line. 669-900-6833. The code is 3572-595193. On Thursday, April 23, the ACB Board of Directors will be meeting and once again this meeting will be streamed on ACB radio. We are fairly certain that it will be on ACB radio mainstream but we are not sure of the time. Watch your email for announcements. On Friday April 24 the Greater Louisville Council of Blind will hold a roundabout by phone at 7:30 p.m. on the Zoom line. We will be having a page turners where we share good books and also we'll be having other word and book based activities the number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 
595-1593. On April 26th, the Kentucky School for the Blind alumni will have a board meeting at 8 p.m. By conference call, the number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On April 27 is a meeting of the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana. It's at 7 p.m. and the phone number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. For more activities, visit the Kentucky Council of the Blind website at www.kentucky-acb.org and follow the events link. This was posted on the ACBL list and may just bring a little smile during all of the changes that we have experienced. 2019, we were told to stay away from negative people. In 2020, we are told to stay away from positive people. The world is turned upside down. Old folks are sneaking out of the house and their kids are yelling at them to stay indoors. You think it's bad now? In 20 years, our country will be run by people homeschooled by day drinkers. This virus has done what no woman has been able to do. Cancel all sports, shut down all the bars, and keep men at home. Do not call the police on suspicious people in your neighborhood. Those are your neighbors without makeup and hair extensions. Since we can't eat out, now's the perfect time to eat better, get fit, and stay healthy. We're quarantined. Who are we trying to impress? We have snacks. We have sweatpants. I say we use them. Day seven at home, and the dog is looking at me like, See, this is why I chew the furniture. Does anyone know if we can take showers yet, or should we just keep washing our hands? I never thought the comment, I wouldn't touch him or her with a six-foot pole, would become a national policy, but here we are. Me, to the A-Lady, what's the weather this weekend? The A-Lady, it doesn't matter. You're not going anywhere anyway. Can everyone just please follow the government instructions so we can knock out this coronavirus and be done? I feel like a kindergartner who keeps losing more recess time because one or two kids can't follow directions. I swear my fridge just said, what the heck do you want now? When this is over, what meeting do I attend first, Weight Watchers or AA? Quarantine has turned us into dogs. We roam the house all day looking for food. We are told no if we get too close to strangers. And we get really excited about car rides. For me, I got to sign up for both AA and Weight Watchers. The beer and ice cream starting to take its toll. Since the decision was made not to hold the 59th ACB Conference and Convention in Schaumburg, Illinois, and instead to have a virtual convention that will be accessible to everyone across the country and around the world, Janet Dickelman and the ACB Convention Steering Committee, the ACB staff, and the ACB radio team have been gearing up for a fantastic experience in a virtual environment. Janet joins me on page two to talk about how plans are progressing and to give you a first look at what you can expect to be happening from Friday, July 3 through Friday, July 10. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind is holding its Friday roundabouts by phone. 
This is a great chance to get together and talk about a timely topic, have some fun, and meet some new friends all at the same time. The highlight of this week's roundabout is virtual bingo, and next week we'll be sharing some good books on page turners. Roundabout by phone begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. At last week's roundabout, on April 10, we had a great time sharing our Easter memories, playing some Easter trivia, and joining in a virtual Easter egg hunt. Listen in on the fun on page 3. Page 2. On the phone with me early in the morning is Janet Dickelman. ACB Convention Coordinator, Janet's in St. Paul, Minnesota, and she is working very hard on reshaping a convention. Janet's been Convention Coordinator since 2012, and Janet, I think that you probably believe that this would be another convention that would just fall into place with the scheduling and so on, and all of a sudden it's become a virtual convention because of the coronavirus, and so now you're I've asked you to take some time this week to catch listeners up on the planning of this convention and how things are coming along and what we might expect between July 3 and July 10. So I'm going to leave this to you to kind of take it where you would like to take it and and, uh, tell us what you can uh, about this exciting opportunity where everybody everywhere is going to be able to attend the ACB convention this year. Thank you very much, Carla. Good morning, everyone. This certainly is a reshaping of the convention. As Carla said, you know, I was starting to go on with my planning as I normally do, and all of a sudden the calls started coming and the questions, and suddenly deter- we, the board determined and correctly determined that we were not able to meet in person. It just was not safe for our attendees and was not the smart thing to do. So we decided to switch gears and go to a virtual convention format. And I said to other people, and especially to myself, what does this mean? I don't know how to do a virtual convention. I don't even understand exactly what it is. Technology is not my forte. I'm learning. But what we're going to do basically is have information available on the several streams of ACB radio, which you can listen to on your computer. You can listen to it on one of your devices. You can also pick up your telephone and call in and get the information. That's the part that I like the best, that I can actually do it on my telephone. And then we're also going to use a combination of meetings most likely with the Zoom platform, which, again, you can access on your telephone or via your computer. So for those of you who are not computer literate, don't worry. The phone is still going to work to access all of your favorite things. Uh, Because we are doing a virtual convention, we're actually going to have a little extra time. We're starting the convention on Friday, July 3rd and running through Friday, July 10th. So on the 3rd, we're going to start with the ACB board meeting, which I believe is going to be streamed on ACB radio as the mid-year board meeting was, and I know a lot of people enjoyed getting a chance to hear that. And then we're going to start with some activities that afternoon and evening with our affiliates, special interest affiliates rather, our committees and our business partners, and those activities will run Friday through the following Friday. So affiliates and committees have lots of time to showcase their uh, information. 
each evening. We're going to do something special, ACB evening programming. Uh, Friday night, we're going to start out with the showcase of the performing arts. Friends and Arts going to do their showcase, and they're going to have a live moderator. The music is going to be pre-recorded, but they'll have a live moderator introducing everything and keeping you all informed what's going on. Saturday evening, we are going to have an audio described. Since none of us are probably going to get out to see fireworks this year, we wanted to bring the fireworks to you. So our own Joel Snyder, audio describer extraordinaire, is going to do a broadca- audio-described broadcast of the fireworks performance over the Capitol in Washington, D.C. from 2019. So that's going to be a great way to have the 4th of July. We are changing general sessions slightly, so we will have our opening general session Sunday evening. And the times that I, if, as, as, if I give you times throughout this, these are all Eastern time. Uh, general sessions will start at 7 p.m. on Sunday evening. And then just so you know, the daily general sessions will be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. We're not going to be able to conduct any elections or bylaws at our general sessions because of our, our bylaws stipulate and our incorporation in Washington, D.C., our states that we can't do business unless it's in person. So there won't be elections this year. Anyone who, board members who are up for re-election will just be carried on for another year till we can meet in person in 2021. As far as other evening activities go, Monday evening we're going to do a audio description program, and that's going to talk, give you all the updates on ACB on TV, in the movie theaters, in live plays, and other live events. Our Tuesday evening will be our ACB. We're calling it the ACB Easy Arm. Easy Chair Auction, and we will be you'll be able to bid from home, similar to the holiday auction for ACB Radio, so you're not going to miss out on getting all those yummy treats and technology and jewelry. Wednesday evening, we're doing a great session called Home and Appliances, and that is going to talk about all the different accessible appliances and things that are available for your home, and that's going to be put on by the Information Access Committee, and I think that's going to be a really great session because that's going to give us the latest and greatest on what we can do to make our homes as accessible as possible. Thursday evening, we are having a an advocacy update with Clark and Claire, and then Friday evening will be our ACB banquet. Yes, we are having a, quote, virtual banquet. You have to bring your own food, and we are going to present the ACB awards that we normally would present at our banquet, and we also have a speaker. Many of you have heard him describe on many things, Roy Samuelson, who's a longtime audio describer who's going to talk to us about his life in audio description. So we have a lot of evening programs, and then throughout the day, our affiliates, committees, and business professionals are coming up with all different kinds of programming for us to enjoy. And guess what? We're even going to have a virtual exhibit hall. 
Yeah, I know. I wondered how this was going to work, too, but I think we've got it <laughs> figured out. Each of our exhibitors is going to have a certain amount of time, depending on their booth the booth option that they've purchased, and there's going to be recorded presentations by our exhibitors. Either they'll provide their own recording, or if they'd like ACB to help them, we'll do a recording for them during our, quote, virtual exhibit hall, which will probably initially run each day from noon to 6. We'll have a live moderator who will introduce all the booths. The exhibitors can talk about any specials that they have, any give you any information, give you their contact information. And then the virtual exhibit hall will be rebroadcast on ACB radio throughout the rest of the day. Each day we will change the format of the exhibit hall so that one day your favorite vendor may be at noon, the next day he may be at 3. This is just giving all the vendors time to shine at different times throughout the exhibit hall. As I said, there'll be a schedule. You can access the exhibit hall, again, either through on ACB radio using your favorite device, using your telephone, or listening directly on your computer. So there's a lot of ways of accessing the exhibit hall. We are also working on having, we know how much everyone enjoys the tours. We're working on having a virtual tour channel on ACB radio where we have some audio-described tours that are going to be aired. And again, that will be on a schedule throughout the day. That will be looped throughout the day, and the time for each the tours will change day by day. We are going to have convention registration. I can't believe Carla hasn't inserted herself at all. She told me that this was going to be my show, so she's, <laughs> she's sitting back. That's uh, right. <laughs> we are going to have registration for the convention. And you may say, why are you doing a registration for a virtual convention? Well, there's a lot of good reasons to do this. The first reason, I think, everybody loves door prizes, right? You all wait for your name to be called on ACB radio, and if you've stepped out of the room for five minutes and your name gets called and you miss out on that door prize, you're so frustrated, and your friends all say, oh, well, she was just here, and they say, well, no door prize. Well, we're going to have door prizes. Everyone who registers for the convention will be put into door prize drawing. And guess what? You don't have to be present to win. So if, you, if you've run down to the kitchen to get that glass of water and they call your name, you still get your door prize. The other things registration will allow you to do, of course, is to support your special interest affiliates, your favorite affiliates. It will allow you to become a sponsor for an individual sponsor. It will also allow you to select a program format. And yes, we are going to have large print and Braille programs. And if you select a program that, um, that is Braille or large print, it will be mailed directly to your home prior to the convention. So those are just some of the perks of pre-registration. Um, and a lot of the affiliates, as you're registering for the affiliate fees, are going to also be offering door prizes. So you want to make sure you get your registration done. That will open on May 21st and run through June 21st. Uh, I believe there's going to be late registration, quote, on-site registration. We're still working on how that's going to work, but I, that's going to also be available. So it is a very 
interesting concept. It's something that I never thought I'd be doing. <laughs> and um, But the more we get involved in this, the more exciting it becomes. And I hope that you will find that it's an exciting time. And the good thing is, for those of you who haven't been able to afford to come to a convention or haven't been able to take the time off work, the convention is coming to you this year. So no excuses, no reason not to attend. You can listen from anywhere. You can listen from home. You can listen from work. Someone said, oh, I'm going to be sitting out on my back patio. I think that's, you know, that's a great place to view a convention from. It's no. going to be a little different. There's yes. going to be some things that are, you know, we're, it's it's a it's a work in progress, but it's going to be very interesting. Everything that we do, because we're recording all of our Zoom presentations and all of our general sessions, they're going to be available much faster for replays on ACB Radio. We're working on a way for individuals who have questions during general session or during any of the other um, affiliate or committee sessions where they can get their question to the question box, as I'm calling it, that will either via email or phone or text, and someone will ask your question on your behalf. So you can participate in the convention. And Janet, there will be an information desk? There will be an information desk, yes. There will be an information desk to let you know what's when. There may also be a, there'll be a technical component to the information desk. So if you're having trouble getting into some of these meetings or just need you know, a little reassurance on how this works, there will be people there to help you. I know I've given out a lot of information. Oh, yeah, Carla, is there anything that you can think of that I might have missed? I think the, the only thing that we want to emphasize that, that you haven't already, you sort of did this, but this it's 24 hours a day for, well, actually eight, for eight, eight days. days. And so, for example, if you miss general session, you can't listen at, from 10 to 1 or whatever. You can get it later You can day. get it. You can, you can get it later, and um, it will replay, and so you'll be able to listen to that. Now, that has been possible in the past, not immediately, but it has been available on replay throughout the week. But this time, everything is going to be replayed in one way or another. Your affiliate, your mm -hmm. your committee. That's right. Things that, that session you have, that one of your yeah. one of the um, yeah. computer companies puts out that you missed. That tech session that yeah. you would not have heard otherwise, because it was it would be one of those things that you had to be in the room. It was not normally recorded at a convention. Well. It will be recorded this time because and it will be And look how often you look, at, you look at your schedule and there's two sessions that are at the same time and you think, oh, if only I could be in two places at once. Now you can. Because you can hear one live and then you can hear one when, when it is replayed. I think that, the, that a challenge maybe is going to be maybe knowing you know, when those replays are going to come up, but... I'll bet that'll be ironed out by the time we get to convention, too. You all are just doing an absolutely fantastic job. I got 
an email from Mike Smitherman the other day. Mike Smitherman is the exhibits Exhibit coordinator, and he's not going to have to be there shooing us all out of the room at 5 p.m. every day now. He has a bunch of different challenges, but he sent his information out to potential exhibitors the other day, and it's my hope, Janet, that people who could not be exhibitors because exhibiting, going to convention to be an exhibitor it's is a an long, expensive. It's a long commitment. Well, it's a long commitment. It's an expensive commitment yeah. because there's airfare, there's hotel, in addition to the cost of the space. And also having to figure out how much of each item you want to take with you. And, you know, you might take too much of one thing and too little of another, and then you've got to ship it all back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Well, at this convention, yes, there's a cost for the exhibit space, but you don't have to buy a plane ticket. You don't have to have the hotel take the hotel. You don't have to take time off if you have another job. You don't have to ship items in and out. And so there's so many opportunities. And I'm hoping that people who are uh, maybe the, the smaller exhibitors who can't always get to convention or the the small nonprofits in the blindness field will, will take, take advantage of this. this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, you can have a, a different emphasis on what you want to tell people every day. So it was, it was really exciting, too. I was, I was yeah, if you, excited if you to see want it. to make a recording for your booth, you mm-hmm. can change it every day. Right, every day. So you can promote different things. And, yes, you can't see or touch things, but you can have them described to you. Yes, and it's, it's just a really and no line. Thing. No line, that's right. No line, no wait, no, no wait. getting stuck trying to check out and you're trying to get to another meeting. Yep. You know, you don't have to do that. All of the exhibitors, and I can say from the from the aspect of the mini mall, we will have telephone options where right. people can call us or email us or whatever in order to ask more questions or purchase items. I mean, it's... This is literally going to be a convention that's accessible to everyone. Years ago, in in the education field, there was a phrase, one of the hot phrases was, no child left behind. Well, this is going to be no... No attendee. No attendee left behind. Yep, I like it. Everybody's coming to convention this year. So, Janet, last night you announced the theme for the convention. Can you share? Oh, yes. ACB, A Path to the Future. And this really is. Yes, it certainly is. And we're all headed down that yep. new path. Some of us may be kicking and screaming more than others, <laughs> but we are all heading down this path. We are exploring it together. Yep. And we, we do not want anyone to be left behind because of the technology. So this convention is as close as your telephone. Yep. Janet, thank you so much for being and with us. Again, as, as I always do, just give me one sec. Give me one second, Carla. Okay. I want to give out my contact information. Oh, so absolutely. And also tell everybody, tell us all how we can subscribe to that yep. ACB convention list, because now everyone is going to want to see those announcements. Yes, they are. As Carla mentioned, there is a convention list. It's a one-way announce list. So you're not going to be getting replies from people. You're just going to get my convention announcements. And to subscribe to that, send a blank email, nothing in the subject, nothing in the body, to acbconvention 
dash subscribe, S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E, at acblists, L-I-S-T-S, dot O-R-G. ACB convention dash subscribe at acblists.org. And my email is Janet, J-A-N-E-T, dot Dickelman, D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N, at gmail.com. And my phone number is 651-428-5059. So please feel free to reach out to me with any questions. If I don't have the answer to your question, I'll find it for you. All right. Thank you, Carla, for having me. Page three. We're going to do a little Easter stuff tonight. Uh, It's Easter weekend, so a couple of people suggested, kind of as life went on this week, that we do something that related to Easter. So we have a couple of things. Um, We have, we'll be be doing some Easter uh, trivia, talking about Easter trivia and traditions, a little bit of trivia just for fun. And then also, Patty this afternoon suggested that we have a virtual Easter egg hunt. So we're going to have a virtual Easter egg hunt. And we have some some things, places, combination of things, and some clues. And we'll just see, we'll just have some fun with that and see um, if you can figure it out from the clues. Um, the other thing is that we we haven't for a while done um, sharing of we we ever so often do something where we share memories of something and so obviously this weekend would be a good time to share uh, a favorite Easter memory so we'll do a little bit of that Patty will be here with some uh, of her recipes for our virtual dinner so we will have quite a few things happening here in the next next little bit and hope that all of you will participate and have a good time. I think that as we <clears throat> as we begin, Rick, should we try with the trivia having people raise their hands or just let people pop in when they think they have an answer? Let's just leave everybody unmuted. Everybody. Let's begin with a little bit of Easter trivia. I found from House Beautiful um, a list of 17 Easter uh, sort of facts and traditions or whatever, and we can use it for a little bit of trivia. It begins by saying, today Easter is all about egg hunts and chocolate bunnies. But as you stock up on candy and plastic eggs, you might wonder where these traditions originated. Here are just a few interesting facts behind Easter's most common symbols and customs. Okay, so uh, we'll turn these into uh, trivia questions. And if you have, um, if, if you think you know an answer, then just speak up. Carla? Yes. Uh, why don't you have... If a person thinks they know something, just say their name loudly. That's a good idea. And then that, that way. Yes. Say your name, and, and then I'll call on you. Don't say the answer. So the first one is, what were Easter eggs dyed originally to represent? Bill Rice. Bill? Rice? That's close. 
in Orthodox and Eastern Catholic churches, eggs were dyed red to represent the blood of Jesus before being blessed and and distributed to the congregants. Now, they're mostly just a fun way to celebrate the springtime season, especially with creative decorating ideas. Okay, question number two. What kind of chocolate do most adults prefer? This Kindle. Kindle? Uh, white chocolate. Okay, Kindle says white chocolate. Anybody else? Elaine? Uh, chocolate. Okay, say it again. Chocolate. Well, what kind chocolate of chocolate? Like chocolate bunnies. Okay, what, um, all right, still not, not quite right. Do, okay, do most adults prefer, Sue Ellen? Uh, dark chocolate. Okay, um, most adults actually prefer um, about twice, about two to one, really prefer milk chocolate. So, number three, Good Friday is honored in all states. True or false? Kendall. Kendall? Uh, false. False. Okay. Well, it has to be true, Elaine, if it's not false. So, while Good Friday is a major holiday for all Catholics, only 12 out of the 50 states consider the the Friday before Easter an actual federal holiday. Uh, Most of the country will go to work on Good Friday. Number four. That blew my mind when I moved out of Massachusetts and found that out. (laughs) What, did Massachusetts not do Good Friday or or did they do it? We did. Oh, you did. Okay, I would have thought so. Yeah, we usually started our spring break on Good Friday. Today was, um, the stock market was closed today, and this was a bank holiday. So it's it's kind of interesting, and yet I think they collected the trash. Right, Adam? <laughs> Not trash. Yes, they did. City yeah. government. Well, the, the, the recycling and the... Um, Yard waste where we live, so and that's is, different for each. Is, is, the, is the bank normally closed on on Good Friday? I didn't think it was, but is it, you know. Uh, yeah, I think this was a bank normally, holiday today. It is. Mm-hmm. Not in all states. Yeah. Yeah. No, not in all states. No, it is not. Number four. What is giving eggs a symbol of in many cultures? This is death. Death. Okay, fertility. Yeah, it says the egg symbolizes new life, fertility, and rebirth in many places around the world. Thanks to the rounded shape, it's also been used as a symbol of the earth and our connection with nature. Okay, number five. How many jelly beans will Americans consume in in this Eastern season? A lot. A lot? <laughs> okay, how many million? Sue Ellen? Sue Ellen? Two million? Oh, no. Got to have more than that. <laughs> That's 300 million people in the country. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I'd yeah. do a million. <laughs> and, so did, and so did Ronald Reagan. I'd say 
No, 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 not near that much. 16 million. That's enough jelly beans to circle the globe. Not once, not twice, but three times. Or to fill a plastic Easter egg that's the size of a nine-story building. How are pretzels linked to Easter? I didn't know they were. Me either. <laughs> this is Deb. Yeah. Deb? Okay. Yeah. That's on the right path. It says supposedly it's because the twists of the pretzels look like arms crossed in prayer. All right. Number seven. The Easter bunny didn't always lay eggs. I'm just going to tell you how that. Bunny and he never has laid an egg. <laughs> well, <laughs> Easter bunnies lay eggs, don't you know? That's why you get these baskets. The little blurb about this one says, the fluffy bunny stems from the Anglo-Saxon festival of Eastra, E-A-S-T-R-E, which featured a spring goddess who used the rabbit to represent fertility. It wasn't until Germans settled in Pennsylvania in the 1700s that the tradition of the bunny that lays eggs came to the United States. Number eight is about new outfits at Easter. Buying a new outfit for Easter stems from a superstition. Um, and it tells us that back in the mid-1800s in New York, People believed that buying new clothes to wear on Easter would bring them good luck for the rest of the year. And, lucky for us, the custom continues today. Number nine. Uh, where was the world's largest chocolate egg made? Sue Ellen? Sue Ellen. It's got to be Hershey, Hershey, Pennsylvania. No, it's not. Oh, why? I would have, too. Um, <laughs> is Adam in Switzerland? Nope, but you're getting closer. Germany. Bill? Bill? Germany. Nope. Hmm. But, but Sue Ellen's family might have lived there at one time. Oh, I know. Where? <laughs> Italy. Yes, ma'am. The world's largest... Uh, the world's largest chocolate Easter egg was made in Italy in April of 2011. Holy cow. <laughs> it was, now, Holy bunny. get ready for this. It was 34 feet, one, and 34 feet, one and five hundredths inches in length. And it weighed... And it weighed 15,873 pounds. <laughs> so. I hate to let the ball on my foot. I wonder, uh, wonder how many people ate it. I know. <laughs> really. Where did the idea of the Easter bonnet come from? You know, when I was a kid, you had to wear these little, these cute little hats on Easter Sunday. Yes, and it was awful. Yep. Oh, it was awful. 
Mine would never stay on my head, and my mother stuck it on with bobby pins and stuff, and I couldn't wait to get it off. <laughs> my mom used to make me dress up for Easter, and it was torture. Uh, I mean, this, Kendall? Okay, this Kendall, uh, from the, the Crown of Thorns, is that no. where the Easter bonnet came from? No, much, much more recent than that, uh, but that's a mighty good guess. <laughs> Some hat maker probably came up with the idea. This Adam mm-hmm. from the movie Easter Parade. Yes. Ah. That's yeah. A lucky guess. Bonnet, yep, that's it. Back in 1933, composer Irving Berlin introduced the e- the Easter bonnet into American pop culture with this ballad, Easter Parade. It's still one of the most popular songs for the holiday. Decorating Easter eggs. Anybody have an idea where we got that tradition from? Lithuania? Well, I think you're in the right region. Um, Actually, it it says it's Ukrainian, so it's over in that part. Yeah. Wow. The orange eggs were called pysankas, P-Y-S-A-N-K-A-S, which were made by using wax and dyes. It wasn't until Ukrainian immigrants came to the United States that the colorful co- uh, that the colorful custom caught on. The next one says that there was a very different game played with Easter eggs um, during the Middle Ages. It said, "Can you even imagine throwing an egg in church?" It's that. <laughs> that that's exactly what used to happen. The priest would throw a hard-boiled egg to one of the choir boys, and he would continue to toss it to his peers. And whoever was holding the egg when the clock struck 12 was the winner and got to keep it. <laughs> and then somebody said, the yolk's on you. <laughs> it was hard-boiled, Adam. <laughs> oh, that's right. If they had him on a separate phone, I think I'll mute him. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. When was the first White House Easter egg roll? Llewellyn, I think it was during Teddy Roosevelt's term. No. 1878. Oh. Rutherford B. Hayes was president at the time, but it was President Nixon who first included a bunny in the festivities with a member of his wife's staff as the lucky person who got to wear the costume. <laughs> thought you were going to say he rolled her. But that's... <laughs> oh. oh, no. <laughs> Adam, I don't know about you. Okay, number four, moving right along. Number 14. Easter is the second biggest candy-consuming holiday. Uh, when is the biggest holiday for candy? Halloween. Uh, yes. No, Natalie said it. It's Halloween. It said Americans, let's see, let me be sure I read that again. Um, it is second only to Halloween. Um, Americans spent approximately $1.9 billion on Easter candy last year. 
Okay, 15. It used to It used to take more than a day to make a peep. Approximately 27 hours to be precise. That was back in 1953 when each candy was handmade with a pastry tube. But today they have machines that can dramatically speed the process to just six minutes. They could stop making them, right, Natalie? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Okay. So number sixteen. Now, now here you go, Vivian. You're just gonna love that, Natalie. You're gonna like this one. How many million peeps do Americans consume during Easter? Too many. <laughs> Way too many. Mm -hmm. No. 600 million. Jelly beans would be the most popular. Yeah, well, there were 1,200 million jelly beans, 600 million peeps. This makes peeps the most popular non-chocolate Easter candy. The Bethlehem, Pennsylvania factory makes an impressive 1 billion peeps a year and 4 million a day. <laughs> Why? I, I like them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Deb, you are in the minority, I think, on this call. What part of the Easter Bunny do most do most Americans eat first? Yes, uh, Kendall. Kendall? <laughs> yeah. Your uh, answer the is the ears, okay? Yeah. In fact, 76% say that's where they take their first bite, followed by 5% who eat the feet first and 4% who eat the tail first. <laughs> so, okay, so that's their um, little Easter, uh, their Easter information. There are lots of other fun lists of Easter information. If you Google Easter traditions, and, and Easter trivia, you'll find a number of other lists of information from different magazines and so on. So, you know, if, if, you're, if you're interested, kind of look it up. It's a simple search, and those links will pop right up for you. Um, let's take a few minutes to share some Easter, what you remember maybe either as an Easter tradition in your family growing up or... Um, an Easter, a particular Easter memory. Who would like to go first? Uh, this is Elaine. Okay, Elaine. I remember we used to dress up and go to church, and then we would come home and we would hide Easter eggs in the yard and stuff and see if we could find them. Okay. And did you do that each Easter with your with your family? Yes, Sue Ellen. Sue Ellen. Um, what we used to do. Um, when um, when I would come home on, e uh, on the night before Easter, is Mom would get out the food coloring dyes and the eggs and the, the the little kits that they had, and we would color Easter eggs um, the night before. And uh, eventually, Mom got into this 
really, you know, decorative goodies phase, and we ended up using these decal things. You could stick on the eggs to make, like, different, you know, prints, different designs on them, as well as coloring them, and really make them look festive. And then on Easter morning, we would have, we'd get to see our Easter baskets, um, and then we would have an Easter egg hunt where we'd look for all the eggs we'd colored the night before. Our, our parents would have hid them all around the house. And what they would do um, to make sure that, um, that, I, that I had a fair shot at, get, at finding my share, mom and dad would do the, you're getting warmer, you're getting colder, you know, to, tell, to give me a, a hint if I was going in the right direction. And then we'd have to dress up because we'd be going to one or another relatives for a big old uh, Easter ham dinner with, all, with everybody there. And I think there was usually church involved there, too. This is David. David Smith. Go ahead. Yes. I'd like to uh, just, I have a Easter memory, but I just want to make a quick comment on one of the trivia questions. Uh, it was one of the first ones. Uh, it was about the Easter eggs and the Ukrainian. Uh, uh-huh. I worked with a Ukrainian girl years ago, and, uh, you know, one day she just came up and handed me this little wooden egg, and uh, it was really pretty. It had these little flowers and decorations on it. And she handed it to me, and she said it's a sign of friendship in her country. Hmm. And I still have that little wooden egg in my office. My Easter memory is, um, because the one I'll share is, um, in 2000, when I moved to Indianapolis, (coughs) I just moved to Indianapolis, and I just taken a friend to the airport, and, uh, on the way back, I had to go through downtown. You know, they have several big parks downtown. And I was driving past one of the parks, and I saw a bunch of people, you know, um, standing around the park. And I thought, what's going on? So, uh, and then I see a, I see someone, you know, at a distance with, you know, kind of humped over carrying something on their back. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get closer. And I got pulled closer, and I pulled over to the side of the road in my car. And I um, I would have gotten out, but it was really cold that day. So I just stayed in my car, and I could see what was going on. It was a reenactment of the crucifixion. And uh, that was really interesting to see this guy, you know, the reenactment uh, carrying the cross all around the park. Um and uh, so I'll, I'll never will forget that. This is Susan. When I was in, I think it was sixth grade, um, I hadn't won anything, didn't anticipate even doing this, but we had a, um, my teacher had a, a bag of jelly beans, and she said, come up and guess how many jelly beans are in the bag. I came up and said one thing and thought about it. I said, can I give you another guess before I left? I said, you know, can I can I change that? She said, yeah. So I gave her another number, 
And she said, mm-hmm. And I knew, by the way she said, mm-hmm, that I probably won it. But I went on back to my seat, and then she announced that I'd won it. Well, I'm not a jelly bean eater, probably. Uh, I'm in the minority here, but... Um, Anyway, I passed around jelly beans to my classmates, and then I took the rest of them home. I probably ate a few, but I gave a lot of them to my father and my family. Uh, Sam does. I remember when my brother and I were younger, and we went over to my grandparents' house, and um, my mom would go out in her backyard and chew a hot egg. And, of course, my brother was the better I was getting all the eggs. And my, <laughs> my mom was like, here, get this one. She kind of sneaked me around the yard where he didn't know where I was. And <laughs> he's like, I got more eggs than you. Yes. Well, I wasn't really going to argue with him. I'm like, whatever. So we had, at the end, we ended up with equal change and equal candy <laughs> and make everybody happy. This Kendall here, uh, I remember uh, one Easter, you know, you think of Easter being uh, being warm, and I remember my nieces and nephews hunted Easter eggs in the snow one year. It didn't stay on very long, but, you know, it still it snowed that day, and they hunted Easter eggs in the snow. Yeah. You all must have had some powerful Easter egg hunts, Kendall, with their 17 brothers and sisters. Uh, we, yeah, we did. <laughs> That, now, that was what was called a family get-together. It sure was. <laughs> <laughs> you all probably ate in two or three shifts. <laughs> yeah, a lot of time we did. Okay, I have one. As Samantha said, uh, Easter was often at um, Don and Mary's house, um, Patty's dad. They, they got a swing set. I'm not sure. I think Justin was still very small, maybe Maybe, I don't know what year it was. There was this new swing set out in Donna Mary's backyard. And um, so every, you know, they, we went out to watch Sam and Justin having a good time on the swing set. And it has swings and a slide and, you know, typical backyard swing set. And my mother was alive at the time. <laughs> and she would have been about 80 and she got up, she climbed up those steps on that slide, <laughs> sat on the top of the slide, and slid down. And um, and they have pictures of her on that sliding board coming down that slide. And she was out there playing on it just like the kids. Okay. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, Call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. 
This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prince. Have a great week, everybody.